It's time for Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean of SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com. Every week at this time I present an exploration of the world of spirituality, comparative religion, interfaith studies, and books, East and West. Today, various interfaith readings, beginning with the subject of the multiverse, bubble universes, from texts that were around centuries before science, M-theory, string theory, and whatnot, started to speak along those lines that there are multiple universes, other dimensions. Speaking of that, Giordano Bruno, his Infinity of Worlds, also through the intuitive path, came up with a view that there are many worlds, many life forms in the cosmos. Long before the invention of the Hubble telescope or the Hubble space telescope, again through the intuitive or revelatory process, long before the empirical process of science really got going, got established here in the world. Some passages from the Sikh scriptures of India on the countless number of Earths. Countless are the solar systems, countless the Earths, countless the stars, and countless the beings. From there, some passages on the near-death experience. Not long ago in the Washington Post was an amazing article about NDEs, near-death experiences, chock-filled full of great quotes from people, from NDE experiencers, some insight from the beyond. And I supplement that with passages from Pam Reynolds, who also was a near-death experiencer. From there, the Gospel of Thomas, a Sufi poet by the name of Hazrat Sultan Bahu, some Gnostic texts, Jesus Sutras, and whatever else we have time for on this week's Spiritual Awakening Radio. Classical music on this program provided by Paul Alexander John, a musician from the coast of Maine who plays the Indian Bansuri, or bamboo flute. Bubble Universes of the Multiverse. This is interesting. Huzur Baba Sawan Singh, who was a spiritual master who was in... India, as a master presiding over his ashram called the Dira, Dira Baba Jamal Singh, back in the 20s, 30s, 1940s. He said, From Sach Khan, the true timeless spiritual realm, the whole creation looks like bubbles forming and disappearing in the spiritual ocean. He was a meditator, a mystic, an explorer of spiritual realms. 
This is from the Sikh Scriptures of India, page 633, one of my favorite holy books of the world religions, the Sri Guru Granth Sahib or Adi Granth, the Sikh Scriptures. As the bubbles in the water well up and disappear again, so is the universe created, says Nanak, said Guru Nanak in the Sikh Scriptures. Swamiji Maharaj, the great saint of Agra, commenting on the morning prayer or Japji of Guru Nanak, once said, The Supreme Being has created everything from one drop out of which have emerged millions of fathomless oceans. Infinity of Worlds Giordano Bruno, a Western mystic, who wrote at about the same time as uh, Guru Nanak in India, believed that there were many worlds. In the East, he would have been called a mystic and a saint. People would have sat at his feet. In the West, however, they set his feet on fire because he was burnt at the stake for espousing similar views about a multiverse of beings and star systems, planets and moons, an infinity of worlds. Giordano Bruno, thus is the excellence of God magnified and the greatness of his kingdom made manifest. He is glorified not in one, but in countless suns, not in a single earth, a single world, but in a thousand thousand I say, in an infinity of worlds. Further to the east, Guru Nanak composed these verses. Countless are the earths, countless are the solar systems, and the beings who inhabit them. Many millions are the skies and solar systems, many millions are the moons, the suns and stars, many millions are the sources of creation and continents. Many millions are the jewel-containing oceans. Many times has the universal expanse occurred. The Supreme Being has strung all the creation in his thread. He has no limit. Many millions go about in many existences. Many millions have been the incarnations. Many millions are the creatures of various descriptions. Many millions of beings the Supreme Being has made. Ever and ever, the unique Lord remains the same. From the Supreme Lord they emanate, and into the Lord they merge. Countless the Krishnas, the Shivas, countless the Brahmas, fashioned of various creations, countless forms and countless hues, countless the fields of action, countless the golden mountains, countless those who meditate therein, countless the Indras, countless the suns and moons, countless the earthly and stellar regions, Countless the Siddhas, the Buddhas, the Naths, and countless the gods and goddesses. Countless the sages, and countless the bejeweled oceans. Countless the sources of creation. 
countless the harmonies, countless those that listen to them, and countless the devotees of the Shabad Nam, the divine word or sound, the sound current, endless and unending, O Nanak, this realm. Passage from the Adi Granth, Supreme Scriptures of the Sikhs, Sri Guru Granth Sahib, also known as the Guru Granth or Adi Granth. The near-death experience, NDEs. People reporting near-death experiences in our culture, very much like some of those earlier medieval mystics, some of those mystics who wrote passages like what I just shared about other worlds and countless earths and solar systems and beings and things going on in other dimensions. Those who have had near-death experiences have been reporting some interesting things since about 1976 with the publication of the book Life After Life by Raymond Moody. For our culture, it is a kind of legalization of spirituality, if you will, more out in the open since uh, those days of the growing popularity of those early near-death books like Life After Life by Raymond Moody. Others came along after that, Kenneth Ring, other authors as well, sharing people's near-death experiences, showing how universal it is, people of all backgrounds. And they ring true. Quite often it's the atheist who sees the light and the minister who does not see anything but has a pitch black experience in other words um in other words not all of these experiences that are reported are along predictable lines of cultural influence it's as surprising as real life can be and reality often is unpredictable and that's what i like about the the near death experience uh, studies, uh, the the reality, the ringing true. They they ring true. They seem very genuine, and not always uh, are predictable along cultural or religious lines. Sometimes the atheist is the one who sees the light, and the person of faith might not. Love was everywhere. It permeated the afterlife. It was incredible. That's a quote from one individual. Various uh, quotes are found in this Washington Post article. I can send you a link to it if you like. If you send me an email, I'll send you a link to this article in the uh, Washington Post. My email is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Love was everywhere. It permeated the afterlife. It was incredible. God loves us all infinitely. I knew that the being I met was composed of a substance I can only call love, and that substance was a force or power like electricity. Love is the only word I have, but it's not the right word here. I felt God as an all-encompassing presence, complete, total, unconditional love in its highest form. I was surrounded by God's unconditional love, which was so much greater than human love, I was given 
The knowledge that God is real and loves me unconditionally, he exists and is real and he is love. No human can ever love with the love I felt in that light. It is all-consuming, all-forgiving. Nothing matches it. It is like the day you looked into the eyes of your child for the first time, magnified a million times. It's indescribable. And the final quote, I know that love is all there is. I know that love is all there is and that God loves all of his children deeply and equally. There are no stepchildren in the family of God. We are all divine. Unquote. A couple of other passages that I've posted in social media not too long ago by Pam Reynolds, a very famous near-death experiencer. A number of books have written have been written about her. I asked if God was the light. And the answer was no. God is not the light. The light is what happens when God breathes. Pam Reynolds, near-death experiencer. And this quote from Pam Reynolds I find absolutely amazing. The next thing I recall was the sound. It was a natural D. As I listened to the sound, I felt it was pulling me out of the top of my head. The further out of my body I got, the more clear the tone became. I had the impression it was like a road, a frequency that you go on. Pam Reynolds, near-death experiencer, talking about a heavenly sound that had the effect of pulling her up through the top of her head, which sounds so much like what I know yogis do and practitioners of Surachab Yoga meditation who also describe a sound that pulls people up through the crown chakra at the top of the head. And thus we have a kind of match between what some people do via, via meditation, by way of meditation, and someone who had a spontaneous near-death experience reported. Those near-death books have a lot of wisdom in them from everyday people from all walks of life. And remain very impressive, I think. Very genuine, very real. In most cases. Here's a passage from the Gospel of Thomas on divine light. This is taken from a, a translation that I only learned about recently. It's called The Essential Gnostic Gospels. It includes Thomas, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, the Hymn of the Pearl, which is from the Acts of Thomas, the Apostle in India, and lots of interesting texts, the sentences of Sextus, many, many writings. And it's a kind of rephrasing approach that reminds me of Coleman Barks and what he does with verses of Rumi poetry. And so it's a bit looser a translation than some might be aware of, but I tend to like what I see. I tend to uh, find accurate the, the way these verses are rendered. This is from the Gospel of Thomas from a translation called 
the essential Gnostic Gospels. On the day you see the light of your own true self, you'll rejoice. But if you only see forms which from the beginning were in you and don't die to them or know them, how can you stand the light? That's an interesting saying which reminds me of some near-death accounts, actually. Different things people have said about the light being too bright in their case, and they were very attached to material forms and this world. We're not ready to leave just yet. On the day you see the light of your own true self, you'll rejoice. But if you only see forms which from the beginning were in you, and don't die to them, or know them, how can you stand in the light? A saying attributed to Jesus, and preserved in the Gospel of Thomas. About half of the sayings of Jesus in Thomas are also found in the New Testament, and the other half are not, but are from another tradition of the sayings of Jesus that emanate from Israel and Syria, from the world of Syriac Aramaic. And some of those sayings made their way to Egypt, where they were copied down. Uh, Three different editions of the Gospel of Thomas have been found thus far. Two in Greek, found at Oxyrhynchus, and the Coptic edition found near the village of Nag Hammadi, Nag Hammadi in Upper Egypt. Die to live, death before dying. Through meditation, catching a glimpse of heaven here and now as a kind of dress rehearsal for death. Being dead whilst thou livest, or death before dying, is a popular saying used by certain saints and Sufi poet mystics of the East, espousing the view that rising above body consciousness or soul travel during meditation practice is a kind of preparation or rehearsal for the afterlife. Hazrat Sultan Bahum once said, Let us die before dying, O Bahu. Only then is the Lord attained. Death before dying, I've encountered that saying, or uh, various versions of it, in many Sufi poets and other poets of the East, other mystics of the East. Die in order to live, death before dying, in order to die a true death, and die only once, says Kabir. The view is, if you die and are attached to the Supreme Being, you won't have to come back again. You die just the once, and then go back to the heavenly realm, instead of transmigration, reincarnation, that sort of thing. So some of these folks may believe in reincarnation, but their goal is to stop doing it and to return to the heavenly realms instead of having to die, die and die yet again. Souls in the place of the light are described as luminous beings living in a world of infinite light as radiant beings that shine upon each other like stars do in the center of our galaxy. This is taken from an Aramaic text 
known as the canonical prayer book of the Mandaeans. They are a thousand thousand miles distant from one another, and yet one is illumined by the other's radiance. Some of the Mandaean scriptures remind me of near-death experiences. Uh, and this one is certainly in that category. Uh, as Kabir once said, the light of one soul is equal to that of 16 suns. So the soul is described as being very bright. And uh, there's a similar saying in the Gospel of Thomas. I don't have the essential Gospel of Thomas translation in front of me, but it goes essentially like this, something like this. There is light within a person of light, and it illuminates the entire cosmos. So once again, the language of mysticism is not all that different from the language of astronomy. They are a thousand thousand miles distant from one another, and yet one is illumined by the other's radiance. The soul, no longer made overcast by wearing a physical body or other subtle bodies, becomes revealed as a luminous, bright light, a being of light, of incredible bright light, like the verse of Kabir describes. The light of one soul is equal to that of 16 suns. This is a passage from Eastern China. Every living thing comes from the one sacred spirit. That's a passage from something known as the Jesus Sutras of the Dakin, the luminous religion of the light, a Syriac group based in China that left behind many fascinating scrolls written sometime during the 7th century. I'm a fan of those texts. I like them better than some of the Gnostic texts that have been uncovered, and better than uh, some of the Dead Sea Scroll material as well. The Religion of the Light from Eastern China. The Dakin. They have their own Wikipedia page, so you can learn more about the Dakin, Luminous Religion of the Light. Baba Fakir Chand once said, In reality, you are neither body nor mind, but a pure being. You are invisible, unfathomable, nameless, and formless. What are you? Neither words nor images help to express the beauty of such a state of being. You yourself can only experience it by separating yourself from all of these outward manifestations and then you will realize what you truly are." Unquote Baba Fakir Chand. On his book about meditation practice called Instructions for Seekers, Surit Shabda Yoga, The Yoga of Inner Light and Sound, published by the Radhaswami Satsang Hoshayarpur, Hoshayarpur 
India. And this comes from someone I've in- interviewed on this program a long time ago, uh, an author by the name of John Davidson, from his book, The Prodigal Soul, The Wisdom of Ancient Parables. Eden is eternity. Everything, all creation, is contained within the span of the eternal. It is with us all, here and now. Had we the eyes to see, or the understanding to grasp it, the garden is also planted eastward in Eden, the side of which the spiritual or divine light arises metaphorically from the eternal source radiating out and permeating the garden at creation's dawn. John Davidson, The Prodigal Soul. This is from Kabir, from a kind of paraphrased version by Robert Bly called The Kabir Book. Swan soul, heavenly bird, tell me, O swan, your ancient tale. From what land do you come? O swan, to what shore will you fly? Where would you take your rest, O swan, and what do you seek? Even this morning, O swan, awake, arise, follow me. There is a land where no doubt nor sorrow have rule, where the terror of death is no more. There are woods of spring abloom, the fragrant scent of he is I is born on the wind. There the bee of the heart is deeply immersed and desires no other joy, says Kabir. The fragrant scent of he is I, that's anahu. That is a a, a term, uh, well, that's from the Sufi Persian world. In India, it would be called sohang or soham, meaning I am that. The soul, uh, at one point during its ascension through the heavenly realms, uh, when it starts to see its own light revealed, goes, wow, hey, I am that, I am that. It is come to know itself. It has come to see its true state, its true uh, state as a soul, as a spiritual being, and goes, wow, essentially, uh, an exclamation of astonishment. I am that, I am that. Anahu Soham, or Soham. I am that. And then the soul knows its own self again and returns back to the heavenly realms. Well, all of these readings today really were selected to have a kind of common theme that goes so well with the near-death experience. Um, Some actual actual quotes from near-death experiencers, and the rest were from the world of spirituality, mysticism, the path of those who are given to meditation practice, which uh, is uh, far beyond just the relaxation response, but more uh, in common with astronomy, only uh, the lens that one is gazing through is a lens within, as opposed to a lens of a telescope that's gazing into the cosmos. It's more of the lens of the third eye that's gazing within, exploring realms within and gaining insight and visions or auditions of 
heavenly realms and explorations. And both seem to have arrived at the same conclusion that we're living in a multiverse with countless beings and levels and regions. Bubble universes to the point where it's really more of a foam of universes or a multiverse of foam bubble universes. A very, very big universe indeed. Thanks for joining me today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. I can send you a link to the Washington Post article on the near-death experience. I can also send you a link to this book called The Essential Gnostic Gospels which uh, has uh, many interesting texts. Some of it is online for free. You can read at Google Books. Once again, my address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. This program is heard every week at this time, presenting an interfaith exploration of the world of spirituality, comparative religion, and books, East and West. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 